Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined today by John Luke McCord, uh, who I refer to as our online wizard. John Luke, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It is it is good to be back on uh, on JYE here with you, and and certainly some some big news to get to. Yes, some breaking news. Uh, Mike Bianco is coming home. It's just been kind of confusing as to what home was for Mike Bianco for the last week, but uh, he's going to be remaining at Ole Miss. We're going to talk about that uh, here in just a moment. Before we get there, John Luke, let's uh, thank our partners, the Oxford Park Commission. You know, lots going on uh, with OPC really, really year round, but uh, obviously in the summer as well. And, and, you know, I mentioned this to Dalton last week, uh, you, know, you think park and rec and you think children. You think uh, programs for kids and, and teens and keeping them involved and all the good work that goes on with that. But, uh, man, it's uh, it's pretty uh, interesting, the things they have going on with adults right now with uh, three-on-three basketball and, and kickball and registrations going on for both of those at, at OxfordParkCommission.com. But, you know, I, I just I read that, I hear that, and I think back to uh, three on three in the gym in the summers in Monroe, Louisiana, and growing up, and you know, and and uh, how important pickup basketball was. Man, that was that was how we passed the time. You know, no doubt, you- no doubt. It, it, look, I, I've been involved, I, I played, you know, a heavy amount of basketball growing up um, and stuff like that. Organized, you know, summer summer circuit, and so. Obviously, in my earlier 20s, and I'm not an old guy now, uh, just, you know, 27, but in my earlier 20s, oh, man, we used to, what church around town's gym could we get into and, and get into some three-on-three full court uh, yeah. to wear ourselves out for a few hours? And, and, and honestly, I look back now, it's crazy. We used to do it like 9 o'clock to like midnight, you know, late at, late at night, too. So well, the, the perfect time to get the juices going. Yeah, those are old Miss publicist hours, man. Nine o'clock to midnight, though. You know, so nothing uh, like that. Yeah, they they like uh, releasing news at that time. But uh, just yeah, three on three, full court. No, they're going to do this with some sanity here. It's half court, and they're going to have a game. They're going to have officials, man. You never had three on three with officials. You know, so you just you know think of a, a guy like me uh, coming into the lane and and uh, you know and and running over somebody and and not calling your own foul. You know, supposed to call your own fouls, and, and you know so. Anyway, now you got officials. Those fights won't break out. All that, folks, uh, information on that and more at OxfordParkCommission.com. Uh, those, uh, the, the news released by the Ole Miss publicist last night uh, is that Mike Bianco is staying. He's staying as head coach uh, at Ole Miss in, very, in a very carefully worded statements, two statements there, John Luke. Uh, LSU was never mentioned. Uh, an interview at LSU was never mentioned. Keith Carter kind of loosely glazed over the top of that when he talked about, uh, obviously, when you've been as successful as Mike Bianco has, there will be interest from other programs. You know, that that was about – that was as strong as it got in those statements in referencing what's going on with Mike Bianco and LSU uh, for the last week. But I'll tell you, we know that uh, LSU obviously is looking to uh, replace Palmineri uh, and have been. Yeah, they have been since uh, late in the SEC tournament. I was in in Hoover when that news broke out. Well, for the first part of this search, you know, LSU's been – LSU has run a very public search. They have leaked 
the names of candidates. You know, we we heard Kevin O'Sullivan's name early. We heard Pat Casey's name early. Then all of a sudden, we we heard Mike Bianco's name and Cliff Godwin's name. Well, then then uh, came the reports that uh, that Cliff Godwin and Mike Bianco had interviewed, uh, which you know obviously takes uh, their candidacy to another level. And then uh, then those leaks kind of stopped, you know, it, and it kind of uh, kind of became more hush hush. Though it was clear that uh, that LSU was continuing in its search in theory, for somebody who is still coaching right now uh, uh, in Omaha. But uh, bottom line, uh, Mike Bianco will remain at Ole Miss. He'll get an extension, uh, presumably a raise in there, too. He's, he's currently making about $1.2 million a year. Uh, he will be the baseball coach at, at, uh, at LSU next year. And I'm going to stop talking. I want to hear what uh, what you have to say. And then I'll – At Ole Miss, I'll, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll be back. breaking news. Yeah, I'll come back and, and – uh, and, and fill in some more too. What do, what do you think? It, you know, it, it's fascinating, Paris. It's going to be fascinating really to see how this LSU search plays out because, you know, do things sort of take a desperation turn or do, do it, does it turn out that they were waiting on, you know, the, the head coach at Tennessee? So, I mean, it, it, it's all interesting to see how that plays out. And it's interesting to see how this plays out at Ole Miss because, uh, you know, there's, there's a train of thought that, you, you don't let a sitting head coach, you know, go interview for a job like that and and sort of, you know, uh, maybe not say, but it could show in a way that you feel like, hey, and I know there are special circumstances here with Mike Bianco and LSU, but it, it might in some way say, hey, we feel like, look, we, we know that job's a lot better. It's fine if you go look at it, which – you know, is different if that's an assistant coach, probably different for, uh, you know, Cliff Godwin. Uh, and so at East Carolina, even though that East Carolina has special ties for him. So it's all interesting to see if that has repercussions within Ole Miss's lineup of other coaches. Obviously, throughout the athletic department, they have coaches that would be desired in other places. And how aggressive, I guess, would, would schools now look at coming uh, at those coaches with this move, or does this kind of blow over because, in essence, this was a special circumstance with LSU, and they decided, uh, you know, in, in parts of their administration that mattered most, that they had to go get a guy who's winning right now and not just go get the guy with all the connections, even though Mike Bianco is certainly winning. They want to go get a guy who's a little bit hotter, even though maybe he hasn't done it for 21 years somewhere. Yeah, so yeah, how does this affect uh, Ole Miss baseball? I, you know, surely – uh, you mentioned uh, coaches uh, that might be uh, open to going other places. Now they have a, a point of reference to say, well, uh, you know, Mike Bianco uh, interviewed for this job, and, and we know that, and you stood by him. Well, every situation is different. Mike Bianco has been employed at Ole Miss for 21 years, has been successful. Now, you know, he's got detractors. We know that. We, we, and we saw many of those rise to the surface uh, in uh, online discussions for the last week, when you talk about only making it to Omaha one time in seven Super Regionals, there are a lot of people who would have supported the idea of Mike Bianco moving on to LSU. And I think at the same time, um, John Luke, we saw uh, – we, we heard from Bianco supporters, and you don't hear from them from day to day. You know, you, you, don't, you don't hear from the people who support him from day to day, but I think we heard – uh, from more of them, saw more comments from those people uh, over the last week. It's hard to get a read right now on his support. If, is it 50-50? Uh, is his support 60 in favor of? 
uh, it's really hard to get a read on that right now. But I do think more people who uh, support Mike Bianco as Ole Miss baseball coach have uh, have kind of spoken out uh, in the last week. Yeah, and I would I would say this too. And first off, going back to the previous statement, look, I, I think it's also we you don't look at situations being manipulated by the coaches that you love as Ole Miss fans, but certainly agents see a situation uh, develop, they're going to take advantage of the leverage they might have. And we know where certainly the more aggressive agents reside, and that's football. I really I really couldn't even tell you Mike Bianco's agent. I'm sure you might know, but uh, we know that the agents over in the college football world may um, may try to pounce on that potential. But we'll have to see. But, you know, look, looking at the Ole Miss support within the fan base of Mike Bianco, I, I, it, it seems honestly that more people maybe were intrigued with the notion, excited about the notion, if you will, in some factions, that Mike Bianco might have sort of an exit point that, they saw fit Ole Miss and not having to, you know, execute a firing or, or let, you know, letting him go, so to speak, but him going to his alma mater, going to a place, you know, sort of, but you might think is his dream job. Um, even though it seems clear that he's saying he's built Ole Miss into his dream job. And so um, I think there's certainly people who've been excited. That would have been more of a delayed reaction down the road would have come the misery or the the, the true joy in, in that decision. So I think that that's an interesting one we would have talked about down the road. But I think in the forefront, certainly people are saying, hey, you know, we're glad to, to keep Mike Bianco, but I think there are more people. And, and social media doesn't reflect the entirety of the fan base, but a lot of people are out there in our Ole Miss discussion Facebook group uh, that, that follow you, Parrish, in, in the Daily Journal on Twitter that are saying, hey, you know, we, we weren't we're, we're not exactly celebrating the fact that he's staying. So a lot of people were interested in, in, in seeing whether he might go there. But Ole Miss certainly has proven time and time again, I think, in recent years, they're not really interested in moving on from him or firing him from there in. It just would not be the look the program needs. So instead, you're 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 sort of stuck is the wrong way to say it. But you're staying put with a coach who's had a lot of success and you hope that, hey, Look, the Jacob Gonzalez, the recruiting class that he's brought in, the way he's replaced, uh, you know, Tyler Keenan and Anthony Servideo is promising because you could say that Mike Bianco is starting to reach a peak level with his recruiting that we haven't seen since, you know, pre-2009 potentially, even even with the number one class uh, with all the Oxford and local kids he brought in just a few years back. Uh, you know what? I think the only thing uh, about his future that this guarantees today is that he's not fired today. I mean this this decision will one more year, yeah. Yeah, this this decision will continue to be discussed and highlighted and and talked about, you know, every season, every season that he does not get to Omaha, there'll be an aha moment. Uh, you know, people will look back at this decision and and look, it was just 2 years ago, 2 years ago in 2019 that there was uncertainty uh, regarding Mike Bianco's future, Keith Carter as as interim uh, AD did not uh, just rubber stamp an extension. He chose not to extend uh, Mike Bianco at, at one time, and and so uh, all of that kind of came to a head. And and Bianco looked like he had the program rolling again in 2020, and COVID came, and we all know that story. Um, anyway, this uh, this decision will be uh, discussed and dissected uh, for you know, from this point forward. And, and John Luke, this just, you know, I, I can still see a point in the future where uh, Keith Carter feels like he needs to uh, move away from Mike Bianco because 
there is that dot on the timeline because there is that point of reference. And, and so many Ole Miss fans look at the one in seven record in super regionals and say, that's not good enough. We've heard Keith Carter on record talk about identifying shortcomings in postseason. What can you do to, with that? How can you improve that, make that better? I mean, he was, he was willing to consider a change for that reason. So, you know, why would he not be willing to consider that change uh, if one and seven does not turn into two and seven, three and seven? No doubt about it. I, it look, one thing, too, I would ask you, Parrish, is because is I, I mean, I'm also interested in hearing more of your thoughts on just how this process played out and sort of maybe the optics for Ole Miss. But first, I would say it is, it is looking at this situation and saying that does the four-year max on the contract uh, within the state of Mississippi, obviously that's the state of Mississippi thing for Ole Miss and their, their coaching contracts, has that kind of helped? It, it seems Keith, in a way, has manipulated that. You talk about the maneuver he made, you know, recently after the Tennessee Tech situation, but it seems that four-year distance, and though in a lot of situations hasn't played out well for Ole Miss as far as coaches being able to get much longer deals in other places, other spots nationally, even, you know, not just because they want to come to the SEC. And so, um, but it's kind of worked out with him and Bianco because we've he's shown that if there's three left on it, I don't mind making a move. He's done that before. And so um, th- this really does give him a chance to not have to prove because, hey, LSU did just come after your coach. And a lot of people might argue, and certainly I would say it went deeper than this, but a lot of people could argue, hey, Mike played this to try to get more money on the table, to try to get more stability. Hey, another SEC school like LSU would hire me if they had an opening today. And so I need a little bit more stability from y'all's in. Uh, but but Keith ha- has used that four-year deal to not have to go too deep because in a lot of instances you have to get a six- or seven-year deal on the table if your coach just got courted like he did by an SEC West program. Um, so it, has that helped Keith in a way, or, or do you disagree with that? I think it absolutely helps Keith. I think it keeps evaluation. Mike exclusively. Uh, yeah, 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 for Mike exclusively, but it keeps evaluation you know, at the constant forefront uh, of the discussion. You know, every year is important. And look, uh, uh, Mike Bianco is at a point in his career where every year is important. I mean, there is a long history here. It's almost like you take the Mike Bianco career at Ole Miss, and and it's like you, you have to break it up into segments. There were the three straight Super Regionals where the program was rolling. Well, there was a dip there. There was a time where they didn't get back, a time where they needed to build back to hosting regionals regularly and putting yourself in position regularly. Well, you know, if, if you look at it that way, well, then he's one in four uh, in these super regionals. But uh, obviously, you know, the one in seven number just stings. Uh, but I think you look at what he's accomplished lately, and for all he's accomplished, he still hasn't accomplished Omaha. And he's got to break through. I, I think this year, this year he gets a pass on that, and he should. He should get a pass with all of the injuries that occurred this year. And I know people don't like to hear injuries because you, you, you think, well, that's an excuse. Well, okay. So it's not an excuse, but it's an explanation for why things look differently. I mean, you look at, at this team right now and you take Tim Elko and Gunnar Hoagland out of the lineup. That's the equivalent of taking Matt Corral and Elijah Moore out of the, out of the lineup for Ole Miss football last year. That's the level of player that Ole Miss did not have for key stretches of the season. You know, John Luke, uh, Tim Elko was out for like a month, okay? And and when he did come back, 
I think he had one at bat the South Carolina series. It wasn't like he was impacting each game. So you had to work through a time <clears throat> without Tim Elko for a month, more than a month. Well, they finished with 18 regular season wins. Uh, might a few Tim Elko at bats had made a difference in one of those Arkansas games? Might they had won the Arkansas series uh, if Tim Elko had played? Uh, might they had won uh, game one or game three in Starkville? You know, it was uh, game game one was touch and go there for a while, waiting for somebody to make the big hit, waiting for somebody to pull away. Uh, could Tim Elko had made a difference in those games? Uh, maybe the uh, one of the LSU games later. If so, all of a sudden, you're looking at a team that has 18 SEC wins because that's what they finished with, <coughs> 18 wins. Maybe they're, maybe those wins are 20, 21, all right? Maybe you replace Arkansas as SEC champion. Certainly, you're a national seed. Uh, does that change things if you have a super regional at home? And as far as that regular season record goes, you go back and look at uh, Gunnar Hoagland. There's no doubt in my mind that they win the Texas A&M series if Gunnar Hoagland is healthy and pitches on that Friday night in game one. I mean, you can't take guys like that out of the lineup and not feel it. Now, Ole Miss doesn't get where it is or reach the level that it reached without Tim Elko's home runs, grand slams, and, and his success late in the season. But not having him for that month changed things. Not having Gunnar Hoagland at the end changed things. And uh, so I, I think you do have to evaluate Mike Bianco's 2021 season in that context. You know, I, I totally agree, Parrish. I think one other thing, too, and, and I think I think the two most key injuries, um, and you do make a good point, without Tim Elko, those four, those first four SEC series, I think things could have been much different. Uh, and, and certainly that was the the patch where they needed them. I think you make a key point there with Hoagland in the Texas A&M series. But I, I think the two most key injuries were certainly Hoagland and then Max Chopey because you look at yeah. – really one of the, the things all season long. And, 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 you know, Mike Bianco right now has to be really, really thankful as he looks back and analyzes the, the SEC slate on through that, that Jack Doherty did come on the way he did. But you think about what that bullpen would have been with a Jack Doherty and the way Brandon Johnson contributed with a Max Chofi, you know, a true setup man to Broadway. It takes some pressure off Broadway innings wise. It allows you to not have to count on Brandon Johnson in some of those late game situations like you did time and time again late. And then, of course, look, Ole Miss did have to go on the road for a Super Regional. You mentioned that they certainly would have had the possibility to host without some of that offensive production from Elko out, but Ole Miss potentially would have had a chance to get that performance it did from Doug Nikhazy on Saturday night in Tucson to go to Omaha. I mean, Ole Miss with Doug Nikhazy on the mound up 1-0 to go to Omaha would have would have been just about unbeatable by anybody. So I think Gunnar Hoagland makes that kind of difference there at the end. So Max Chofi, Gunnar Hoagland, because of the timing for Hoagland and because of the length of the injury, just the pure absence of Chofi, those are the two biggest ones. And, and, and there is usually something like that for Mike Bianco when you talk about his shortcomings. But this year, this is the most recent one, and those were clearly, clearly devastating. Yeah, well, interesting uh, times right now. You, you just don't see uh, – uh, coaches interview like this, and so when they do, it's it's news. But uh, I'll tell you, it's just, you know, we've talked about the Mike Bianco angle on this. Uh, 
look, LSU is is a premier job, but you just don't swoop down and get your first choice anymore. You just don't see that in college athletics. Uh, everybody, college has, baseball, yeah. everybody has money. Everybody has TV and facilities. And it's just, you know, the idea of just any program going out and grabbing the first choice, it just doesn't happen like that all the time. Texas A&M is a recent exception. Went out and got Jim Schlossnagel. But, uh, you know, it just – that's that's not uh, not where we are. So where does LSU go now? Do they? I mean, do they come back and circle around with Cliff Godwin? Look, is Cliff Godwin uh, happy with being a guy who sits idle while LSU talks to other coaches uh, who are currently uh, in the College World Series? Maybe they land one of those guys. Okay, M- maybe they do. But that that's a lot. That that's a lot to take in for a guy like Cliff Godwin, even who is so closely connected with uh, East Carolina and uh, so successful there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this uh, LSU search ends up. It is. Uh, it, it really is. I mean, you, you can say, and I think it's easy. I think they, from a PR standpoint, have to at this point, right, say, hey, you know, we, we have our eyes on some guys that are, that are still coaching the College World Series, whether that be Tony Vitello uh, uh, or, or elsewise. I mean, so I, I think – that's what you have to put out there if you're LSU. Obviously, it seems like the Cliff Godwin ship has maybe sailed as well. I, I think you could get to a stage where you have to look down the road, like a Jake Gotro that's at Mississippi State. I mean, a premier recruiter in the college baseball landscape. He's been at Mississippi State for a while, a place he left LSU to go. Uh, but again, that was with Andy Canizero, who came to Starkville a few years back and, and from LSU as well. So I don't know that LSU necessarily wants to hire someone attached to Andy Canizero like that with the way things went for him at Mississippi State. I don't know if that's a big factor. It seems like they've, they've acted they, or they've made clear that hiring someone of a clear character, a clear page in that regard is something they're interested in, or at least it seems like that's where they were after Kevin O'Sullivan said no. But I don't know if it gets as far down the road as Jake Otro, but I don't know that that some of the guys that you look at still in the College World Series are really true players for that job. I think Jake Otro could become a name and focus within a, a in this next coming week. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. You can find our work at djournal.com. Click that drop-down menu on the left, scroll down to the Ole Miss page, and watch the stories Flow, we're on Facebook as well. Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things there in the group. Thanks for being with us, folks.